What's going on, everybody? This is your boy, Nathan Crankfield. Welcome back to another episode of Seeking Excellence. It is great to be with you today. You know, Seeking Excellence is all about fulfilling your life's potential, becoming the man or woman God has created you to be. And so if you're hungry to do that, if you're looking for ways to do that, if you're wondering how you can strive for excellence, you can seek out holiness and a life of virtue in our modern day world, you're in the right place. Today, I have guests with me, Renzo and Monica Ortega. They've been married for quite a long time compared to me. I've been married only for a year and a half. They are a decade plus into it, multiple children. I'll let them tell you more about themselves. But just want to say why I'm excited for today. You know, for me, I know myself and many other people come from less than ideal family backgrounds. And so I, you know, have divorced parents. Their marriage was very on and off and um, uncertain throughout my childhood, especially the latter half of my childhood. And I just know a lot of people that find themselves in that same boat, whether your parents are divorced or not. If you don't come from this ideal kind of family background, marriage can be really daunting. Even if you just saw your parents fight a lot growing up, even if you thought at points that they were going to get divorced and they didn't, that weighs on you. And it makes it, you know, it really impacts you and makes you wonder if you're capable of of having anything different in your life. And so um, I, I broke this episode. Renzo and Monica and I, we recorded for a long time. God bless them. Thank I'm so thankful for them. We recorded for about an hour and a half. So I've decided to break this episode up into two. And so uh, this will be coming out in two different parts, uh, the first half today, and then next week's theme on the podcast at large, I'm going to be leading off Monday with my solo episode on um, on Ephesians 5, breaking down Ephesians 5, is the husband the head of the wife, what does that mean, what does submission look like, I'm going to be getting into all that kind of stuff, and uh, Friday I'll be talking a little bit about leading as a husband, um, this coming Friday. And so that's going to be kind of the theme of the next week. And so I, the second half of the podcast with the Ortegas, I talked about that with them and kind of got their perspective on it. Um, I think initially there were some places where we may have seen things a little bit differently um, and we still might, and that's okay. But I think uh, we really came together and I think I learned some stuff from them. Perhaps they learned something from me and my breakdown of it. I think they appreciated some of my analogies and things. So look out for that episode next Wednesday. Um, so kind of the next three episodes will be kind of rolling around this theme of, uh, yeah, what does submission look like and all that kind of good stuff. So we're on kind of a marriage kick because the week after next, we will have an episode with Emily coming out. Emily will be back on the podcast and we'll be talking about a marriage retreat we recently went on um, and just kind of the stuff we learned from it, how it impacted our marriage. And, and it was really, really powerful experience for us. So I encourage you to tune into that. Lastly. For my locals, people, thank you to all my local supporters. I just finished putting together the packages. I know it took a lot longer than I thought it would. It was very time extensive, uh, time intensive, and uh, just took a lot of hard work from both Emily and myself. So I'm very grateful to Emily. Shout out to her for being just unbelievably helpful in putting those packages together. And I'm happy to announce I'll be sending those out today. I'm heading to the post office this afternoon. Probably going to take a couple hours, <laughs> at least an hour, I would guess, to send out all of these packages. But I just want to say I'm so grateful. It was such a blessing to go through the full list of supporters and see who's all on there um, as we get ready for, for book club coming up. Um, I'll be talking about more on, on that here soon. But um, just want to share. Yeah, I'm just so grateful for the people that I saw, you know, old friends, new friends, people I've never met before who are supporters of Seeking Excellence, who believe in what we're doing here enough to join us on Locals and become supporters 
even if just at $10 a month. I mean, the encouragement that I draw from that is uh, it's, it's immense. And, and I can't overstate that. So I'm so grateful for all of you. Um, you'll be receiving the free copy of the book that we'll be doing for book club. I'm thinking I'm going to make this like a fall and spring type of thing. And so fall and spring, I'll be doing book clubs. This is going to be our fall book. And what I'm planning on doing is releasing a uh, daily video. And so I really love this book. I think it's transformational. And so I hope, you know, that at least some of you will join me on that. And even if you just read the book on your own, you're still going to get a lot of value from it. But I want to really go deep into it. And they're going to be short, like five to 10 minute videos each day that I'll upload onto locals. And so you'll have access to those. And so I encourage you just on your commute or just when you have a break or whatever to read a chapter a day and listen to the video. Um, and hopefully it'll be as impactful for you as it has been for me just getting started on diving deeper into the book so I can, you know, share about each chapter and kind of drawing out the themes and things like that. I'm really excited for it. This is how we're going to test it out this time. It'll be on locals, posted videos every day, probably starting mid November is what I'll look, I'll shoot for, for that because of the fact that, um, it's going to take people some time to get the books and things like that. So I'm thinking it'll kind of be like a overlap into the beginning of Advent because it's going to be about a 30 day thing. So um, there's, there's short chapters usually take about five to 10 minutes to read. And then again, I'll be doing like a five to 10 minute video breakdown on it, making it more applicable to our daily lives, sharing what I've learned from it, my own insight and thoughts. And so if you want to join us for that, it's not too late. I'm happy to still send out books. If you want to join us on locals as a $10 supporter, you can get access to the videos and other exclusive content and you'll get a free copy of this book. Thank you so much um, for all of you. I appreciate you listening today. Without further ado, let's get to the Ortegas. Awesome. Ortegas, welcome to CQ Excellence. It's great to have you guys. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Happy to be here. Super, yeah. We, we, we scrubbed it. Insane. Yeah, we, we practiced that. Yeah. After <laughs> bedtime. Yeah. 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 I love it. Great. That's awesome. Well, you know, typically what I like to start with is just kind of an introduction. I know, I'm sure I have some listeners. I know I have some listeners because they've asked me to have you guys on the podcast that uh, listen to you guys. And so I would love for, for those who don't know you to give a little bit of background, if whichever one of you wants to go first, just a little bit of your faith journey, who you are, how you got to where you are today, and I'd love to hear how you guys met as well. Oh, man. Yeah. So that might take up the whole episode. Uh, so <laughs> I'm sure Renzo, it could. We're, we're Renzo and Monica Ortega. Our apostle is called To Become Family, uh, which is mostly a blog that I haven't we haven't written anything on for, for probably <laughs> a year, which is unfortunate. Um, but then we also have a podcast, Breaking with Pope, um, and we'd like to do a lot of work for marriage and family. Um, and try to just try to, our, like our motto has been like trying to, um, what is it? Restore confidence in marriage and family life. Um, we met in elementary school, dated in high school, um, through college, got married out of college and yeah. We celebrated 11 years. This yeah. Past 11. Weekend. Yeah. Yeah. This past weekend we were 11 wow. years married. It's been great. Yeah. Uh, learned a lot in those 11 years. Um, a lot of, you know, there's definitely rough patches, um, which we've, we've talked a lot about um just because we felt like it's worth sharing because 
uh, we weren't prepared for the rough patches. Like those are not expected, um, particularly because we had our conversions before our marriage. Like it's not like we we went mm. into marriage um, thinking it was going to be any different. We knew you know there's going to be crosses. And, you know, the love of my wife, Christ loved the church, but still the uh, the doing of that mm-hmm. proved to be more difficult than I anticipated. Yeah. Um, so we have five kids. Our oldest is nine and a half, and our youngest is two and a half. Four boys and one girl. Um, she's in the middle, so she'll never have the well. Hopefully, never have the middle child syndrome because she's like the princess of the family. No, oh, yeah. Um, but man, she's a tough cookie. And uh, yeah, uh, aside from our our podcast and our blog and social media, that's kind of our our passion project. But um, we do youth ministry and marriage prep ministry locally for our diocese and our parish. Um, I homeschool the kids. Uh, stay-at-home mom and you work in ministry as well like as your full-time job and yeah we're just happy to chat about marriage and family life because like Renzo said we we hope to restore confidence in that because um and and talk openly about it because there's a lot of things that pop up and you're just like why did no one say that before Mm -hmm. you know why did no one bring that up or or share about it and I think sometimes there's so many things that have become, <clears throat> excuse me, taboo that like everybody's experiencing or a lot of, a lot of people are experiencing at least everything unique within your own home, but a lot of general, um, good and bad experiences in marriage that you kind of wonder, mm. am I the only one? So we like to talk about those. Yeah. And both of us, um, both our parents are divorced. Um, got oh, divorced wow. at different, different times in our, you know, I, my parents got divorced when I was older. Um, but still like that still affected us and, um, affected the way we went into marriage, affected the things that needed to be healed, things that needed to be, um, you know, perfected through, through God's grace. So, uh, yeah, there's just the big reason why we want to keep doing any work towards marriage is because we see the impact a good marriage could have, um, and the, the impact a not good marriage could have. So. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So tell me about starting the podcast. Whose idea was that? Was there any resistance from the other one on starting it? Uh, it was my idea. Uh, I don't, I think you, did, were you resistant? I don't know if resistance is the right word, more she just was nervous about like, is this going to be okay? Yeah, hesitant. So, so in our, like in our relationship dynamic, Renzo's definitely the idea guy. And I'm a lot more of the like planner, organizer, executioner, like, oh, yeah. Okay, is that realistic or is that like big dream sometime in the future? Sorry, babe, I don't know if that's ever going to come to fruition kind of thing. But um, mm-hmm. we had talked a lot. We have, we've been doing youth ministry for a long time, like since college. And so a lot of our former teens um, were starting to get married and starting their own families. And we were still connected with them through social media or through texting, phone calls. When they came back to town, they'd visit. A few of them are local. Um, and they were, we were just having like deeper conversations, like talking about stuff you can't talk to a 16 year old about, but they're like, <laughs> I mean, you talk to us about, you know, drinking and partying. Can you talk to us about, you know, all the other stuff? And we just kept having conversations at night in bed being like, oh shoot, we wish we had said that. Mm-hmm. Or I wish we had more time with them to share these different things. Mm-hmm. And we, we kind of slowly started saying like, we wish we had a microphone in front of our face to just like record this conversation. <laughs> And share it with them. So eventually, we did that. Do you, After- the, do you remember the first episode we recorded? It was upstairs. 
It was terrible. Oh, we got into actually... we, we we started arguing during <laughs> it. It's tone is it doesn't sound good. It was it we got into a fight. <laughs> it's been interesting to learn how to work. That's a together. tough first episode. Yeah, that's a tough yeah. first episode. That, that's, Unaired. Yeah, Unaired. yeah. That, is, that is deep in the archives, never coming out. Yeah, that's so, so funny. Yeah, so that's kind of how it started. Was really just to like share these conversations just with them, and as we started posting them, we we're like, oh. Other people are listening and mm-hmm. other people like it. So we started trying to put a little bit of effort behind sharing it more publicly. Yeah. And we really try not to shy away from any any topic and not like we don't want to be. I, I think directly answering questions is important. And I don't think that ha- that's and not, not to I, I hate I get on this on this horse about the generations <laughs> prior to us. But like there's a lot like the I feel like a lot of the older generations will answer things in, in very pie in the sky type way but don't give a like a very practical like this is a good takeaway you can you know this is how you could live this out practically this is what it should look like um or could look like and like one of the it's not really a ritual but one thing that happened that's happened with a lot of the youth old youth group kids that have now gotten married is that the the night before their wedding night they all call me and like tell me the things i need to know and i'm very like very honest (laughs) like these are the things and then and then and, and They've been very grateful, and they've they, and a lot of some of them have had people in their lives that they they should have asked, but they they don't feel comfortable asking, but they feel comfortable asking me, which is fine. Um, but being that kind of resource, where like if you have a question that you're like, I know what the church teaches, but I'm also confused on like what the practical things I need to do. Like I think there's a way that we could do both well, and I don't I don't feel like there's enough resources out there that do that. Yeah. Um, so that's that's part of the motivation as well. I love it. I think that's so real. One thing I talk about often is I think, you know, and this kind of really hit me in the last few weeks. I work for Hallow full time. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you knew that or not, but I, you know, we're going through the imitation of Christ right now. And I think, you know, we have like um, the introduction to the devout life, some of the Catholic audiobooks that are on the app and just like listening through some of those, reading some different things, um, you know, reading like uh, more on like the Benedictine rule um, and all of that kind of stuff. Like there's so much rich tradition, so much goodness on like how to be a good monk or how to be a good priest or how to be a good religious sister. And so much of that does lean over, right? And it does like apply and it's helpful, but there's not a lot on how to be a holy lay person. And I think that a lot of that that exists in today's world tends to be, and I used to work for Dynamic Catholic, so I say this with love, but the Matthew Kelly kind of like very surface level, like 101. And then yeah, it's like, okay, yeah. but actually, as we get like deeper into this thing, like what are we supposed to do? Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And I really appreciate that you guys tackle some of those topics and try to get yeah. a little bit deeper into it. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Cause in, in uh, St. Benedict's rule, I, I actually, I enjoyed reading it. Um, trying to look at it from like a father's perspective. Like if I, if yeah. this is, you know, this is my monastery and I, I liked it, but then some of it was like, this does not apply to me at all. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and so it's just, it's tough. Cause I'm like, uh, yeah, it, looking for spiritual books that, that could apply directly to how I have to live out as a husband and father. It's yeah. been, it's been difficult to find. And so. I think mm-hmm. too, like there's so many of, of it, like in this like young adult age group that went on retreats in high school and in college, maybe as like a, a new graduate, like young adult. And you're like, oh, I, I, you have a good retreat experience. And then you leave the retreat and you're like, shoot, real life is not retreat. Right. And you're like, yep. how do I take all those things? So retreats Or even are, like are real good. life is not college. If you're coming yeah. from yeah. Franciscan yeah. or something yes, like that, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So um, I think that there's, there is there there's still some sort of gap between like okay i i buy all this spirituality stuff like the catholic church has the truth 
what does that look like, you know, for in, in a home, in a family, mm -hmm. you know, in a young adult life, starting my career, like all those things, like, what is, what do I do um, with all that? So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. One thing I think is really cool too, especially now getting to talk to you guys. It's so funny after listening to some of your episodes and stuff, like you get to see like a lot of times, I think we've been exposed to Catholic couples through like Ascension videos or things like that. And even those that I've met who have been like on Ascension videos, it's like their dynamic in person is so different. They're like the Ascension videos just feel like so, they're just kind of, they're staged. You know what I mean? Yeah, like they're yeah, much yeah. more yeah. staged as we're like long form content in general is like this, right? This is why people I think right. love Joe Rogan's podcast is like, he yeah, takes these yeah. famous people and he talks them for three hours. And it's like, yeah. you can't be on stage. No, You're like staged for three hours. Come down, yeah. Seven minutes of clipped and edited content is different, you know? And so it's funny. I know like for me and Ziggy Excellence, like all of my most listened to episodes, at least most of them are me and Emily, you know, me and my wife. Uh -huh. And so it's yeah. funny. Like people are always like, I love the way you guys talk and the dynamic and stuff like that. And I feel like I'd never really experienced it until listening to you guys. And so now <laughs> I, feel like I get the experience <laughs> oh, that people cool. are having with us, you know, um, yeah. through listening to you guys. But tell me a little bit more about your, um, your upbringing. So you said that you both, you know, come from divorced families. What ages were you when your parents got divorced? Like how Catholic was your upbringing, if at all? That so kind of stuff. My, yeah, my family is okay. Peruvian. So we were very culturally Catholic mm -hmm. uh, until – it's funny. Like we were until like they got – until I had a conversion. And then I went super like we got to do all the things. They were like, you got to stop. <laughs> so I had my conversion in high school, going into my senior year okay. of high school. So I was still living at home. But like I remember we were, we were culturally Catholic. My parents would want – you know, bring me to mass, everything. But then when I became serious about my faith, like we need to go to confession, we need to go, you know, every Sunday we have to be at mass. They got very tired of me. I was probably an annoying convert too. Like I, I like, I guess revert whatever. I, I think most are. Term. Yeah. Yeah. But I was just like, we need to, we need to love we Jesus. Like and they were, they were <laughs> like, you're out of control. Um, so like they, but they, you know, but they were at least, I was brought up around Catholic things. So I at least knew my faith and they knew enough to get me into youth ministry and to send me to Steubenville conference. Um, but then, and we they got divorced when I was twenty two. Yeah, so they um they announced that they yeah. shared that they were getting divorced the same weekend we got engaged. Yeah, so we so got we it, came no, home. We got home. engaged, and yeah, we got engaged, and then my my dad had me meet him in in a you know one of the like local town part um town gym parking lots, and was like, uh, your mom and I are separating. Congratulations on the engagement. And I was what like, a weekend. Uh, yeah, right. It was that was terrible. Yeah, what um, a weekend. That was yeah. brutal. That in that it, yeah, that was it was brutal, and then and, and it yeah, and I and as much as I tried preparing, like I had a year to prepare for marriage, and granted, like we'd been dating already for a while, um, but yeah, I just I didn't realize like how much preparation I was lacking until, mm. especially in the human formation aspect, because again, spiritually, I was I was devout and I was convicted in my faith, and I loved theology, loved reading. I was just I was very. Like, I can't, it's hard to like put into words, like how into your faith you are without sounding like a doofus. But like, I was very into my faith. Sure. Yeah. And then, but like, there was just so much human information that was lacking. And like, there was so much like disintegration and not connecting the dots well. Um, and a lot of it could have been because like my family was just culturally Catholic. So like, I may have adopted that mindset. Um, but yeah, so that definitely affected our relationship. Yeah. And then um, my parents got divorced when I was young. So I was three when I, they got divorced and my mom got remarried. Um, and then um, so my stepdad and my mom, I have half siblings from that relationship. And then I'm my, I am my dad's only child and he never remarried. So mm. I kind of was like split between a home with like 
a, a bigger family. I was one of four in that home to like only child with just a dad. So it was like an interesting dynamic right. of like splitting that time um, growing up. Um, my parents did not get along for a long time. So it was very like ring the doorbell. Okay, your dad's here. See you, you know, and then like come back until it's probably like 11, 11 or 12. They had some sort of like reconciliation. And now my parents are, are, are they get along really well, which is nice. Um, and one thing that's like, it was very interesting planning a wedding with your parents going through a divorce. Yeah. Like they couldn't Gosh. sit at the same table or sit in the same pew ridiculous. at mass and stuff. But now they are like the, we joke, they're the best co-grandparents. Like something about really? grandchildren yeah. brought them back yeah. together. And they're like, don't have them talk about, you know, finances or like, like there's like three or four things that you like don't cover you while avoid. they're around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then like, if it's about grandkids, they're like, yeah, let's it's Gucci. Like, the, the, the kids have figured out though that because so my, my parents growing up they used to have this like financially like if if my dad bought, bought a gift for me and my brother my mom would then try to buy a bigger gift for us as kids mm. so we exploited that very quickly that was, that was <laughs> so and then now they do the same thing with the grandkids and like our kids have figured that out so yeah. like if they ask one person for one thing like the next person would be like oh i'll get you something else I'm like, yeah. so i've said no you guys can't careful. buy toys you for can't them. ask them for yeah. stuff yeah so that's <laughs> some some habits never die but yeah. that's right um, yeah that's so, so funny was, yeah, <laughs> yeah they're, they're good though but it was it was tricky though like coming in to marriage we knew we didn't want to get divorced like we saw how mm-hmm. how damaging that is yeah but we didn't necessarily have a goal of like what to do we were just like we just don't want to be that you know, and so I don't know if we were as proactive. We were more like reactionary and like defensive about not wanting to to end up that way. So that's I mean that we also I I remember feeling like you know we're so in love yeah. and we have our faith like like what's gonna That'll go wrong? Well, what's everything. gonna go wrong? Like we, we got this. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and we yeah. have that like we have that cheesy story. Like we say that we met in elementary school, and everyone's like, oh, and it's like, yeah, that's cute, you know, and like yeah. it is. It's really cool. Um, we went to Catholic elementary school together. So, oh, sorry. So my, my family, I was raised cradle Catholic as well. Um, and where were you guys raised? I don't know if I missed that or if you didn't say like yeah, city we, state. Oh, in Connecticut. in Connecticut. Yeah. We yeah. lived okay. in, yeah. We, um, so we, we moved a couple towns over now from, from our nice. family, you know, just to give that 20 minute buffer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so we, we, we grew up in the same town and went to the same church, went to the same school. Um, but similar to Renzo's family, it was really like, you know, you go to mass on Sundays and that's where church stays. It's, it's on Sundays and you, yep. and you're, when your hour's done, like the Lord knows your heart. <laughs> that's about it. Um, yeah. but yeah, so, and I had a similar experience, uh, went to a Steubenville conference, um, in high school and was like, Oh wow. I never really knew that Jesus was a real person that cared about me and wanted good for me. And, um, yeah, so dove, dove into learning more about my faith and trying to live my faith out when I was an upperclassman in high school. Wow. That's amazing. And, you know, I think it's really interesting with um, adult children of divorced parents. I've done a couple episodes on that as well. Mm-hmm. And I think that it sounds like we're all kind of in the same camp of, I think you kind of find yourself, most people fall on one of two sides. There's obviously a lot of differences in everybody's story, but I think like generally you fall on like one of two sides kind of. And the one side is you just see a lot of what not to do. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of easy in a sense that you like you can go into your marriage kind of like Renzo described where you're like, you know, I'm not that worried about getting divorced because 
I just like, we're so different, you know, it's like in such a different place, but then you also kind of get there and you're like, what do we actually do? Right. And then I think the almost scarier side is these families that are like married. They're kind of like practicing and involved in their faith, you know, and then they end up getting divorced, whether it's after the kids leave or something else, you know, but it's kind of a more shocking and jarring experience. I remember going on a divorce, you know, adult children and divorce retreat, and they kind of had this experience that some people shared. And I was like, man, that almost, in a sense, it sounds worse. Like they had a better childhood, yeah. it sounded like. Yeah. But like actually yeah. going into marriage, a lot of them weren't married because they were just like, like everything looked right. You know, they did the yeah. things. Then what do you do? You know? Yeah. And so I think that can be even harder at times. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point. Yeah. But did you guys, so how did you start to build that? So tell me about like, you get into it and you're kind of like, well, what the hell do we actually do now? Yeah. Like, what's the actual so, steps was, to creating a Catholic family? It was such a slow deterioration <laughs> from, yeah. so we get, we got married um, and like, things were great. You know, we had, so, we, we had, we had, we had three kids. We had two kids. Sorry. We had our first two kids, um, Colby and John Paul and our second son, um, was very colicky and like he cried all the time and like we tried all the things to get him to stop crying like he would just cry um it got like i had a routine with him like i had to carry him a certain way and shush into his ear a certain way in the kitchen like and that was the only way, way like hop a certain way that was the only way to get him to sleep and then wow. like if i stopped he'd, he'd cry again and it, it was just it was such a hard time um and then monica was very unhappy in the home i was very unhappy where i was at work we were very not communicating well with each other. Um, we would fight all the time. And it got like, I remember being in a, in a place where like we would fight and I would just be like, Oh, we're going to just fight again. And like, you'd rather just like not talk. Like, we're just going to fight. Yeah. Let's keep things super surface. It feels inevitable. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's just like, we're just going to get into an argument about the stupid thing. Yeah. Um, and so like what ended up happening is we both prayed about it and I decided to go back to school. Um, and, and change careers so like i became a stay-at-home dad so i can go to school and then monica she is a she was a teacher by not by trade yeah i mean yeah so that's what (laughs) i that's what i went to school for and i was a teacher before we had kids so i went back to teaching um and it was just kind of like it was truly an answered prayer because this the my old principal moved to a different high school Mm -hmm. and was like this is the perfect position for you i was already coaching Mm -hmm. at that high school and you what know, were you coaching? Like, I was coaching volleyball and softball. Oh, cool. Yeah. And Renzo was coaching basketball. So, um, yeah, we should add that to the list. We were coaching yeah. you know, af- you know, through college and after college, we were coaching athletics, um, through gym rats. And it just was like, it was really an answered prayer because we were feeling so desperate and we we're like, we know something has to change and we have no idea what can you just like make something clear for us, you know? And Mm -hmm. and we're like, whatever it is, we'll say yes to it. So my old principal who I loved, who was like my mentor was like, I have this job. You tell me what you need to make it work. Like she like fudged my salary and like did all, like did all these different Mm -hmm. things to make it so that I was making his job, which, you know, like I was making more than I should have been making, you know, all Mm -hmm. the things. Right. And, um, and the schedule was great. So I was like, oh, I'm on a teacher schedule. So like, I'll see the kids earlier. And, um, and so we, we made that switch so he could go back to school and, and I went to teaching. Yeah. And then, and then God went to work and just completely <laughs> wrecked me. Yeah. yeah. And like, that's really what needed to happen. Like I, there's so like so many facets of, of how I was as a husband and a father needed to be 
uh, just needed to be changed. And he like got, I needed that time for him to really like get in deep into those wounds and really heal me. So what happened, the way it basically went about is um, I think it was like first or second day as like a stay at home dad. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing with myself um because it's it's a it was ridiculous i did not know where the clothes were i didn't know like how you know the feeding schedule for the kids which is just like breakfast breakfast lunch but like i still forget to give them lunch like it was just i I was not cut out for that so and um one of like the the, we have different we have a great catholic community so one of the moms um texted me is like hey come to the park with us so we go to the park so like i don't have anything else to do and then eventually she's like all right we go to daily mass at nine o'clock every day and then we go to the park after. So start coming to daily mass. And that was the first time that I've ever been consistent on daily mass. So like every day I was at daily mass and that experience, like daily mass receiving and just spending time in prayer after just re- completely wrecked me. Um, God started like bringing things up that I didn't realize I was struggling with. Mm-hmm. Um, like Monica had, so as a dad, especially cause sorry, I'll come back. It'll, it'll make sense in a second. So as a dad, my son, our son is nine and a half years old. Yeah. He plays soccer. He plays travel soccer. He does things on the field and I'll be like, Hey, next time, why don't you try this? And he's like, yeah, hey, yeah, whatever dad. And then somebody else says the same exact thing. And he's like, yeah, that's a great idea. And I hate that. And I'm like, I just told you to do that. I told you to do that. It doesn't that was matter. my idea. Yeah. Right. It was, uh, I, yeah. So in the same kind of thing happened, like Monica would, we had fights about things that she would say and she would bring things up. And I was just, I always, I don't know if I brushed him aside or like, I felt like she was overreacting or, you know, she's, she doesn't understand like how hard this is for me. Um, and then I feel like God started bringing those things up to me through different, you know, either a podcast I was listening to or a book I was reading. So like I was reading through all of JP two, like that was my, my, you know, I took a sabbatical, just had all JP two, so much Peter Crave. Uh, I read through. Not uh, super holy. Gomer's one of Gomer's podcasts. Yeah, is one of your big like yeah Gomer Go- moments. <laughs> yeah, Gomer from Catching Foxes. Like I listen, I I went into his SoundCloud and listened to so many of his talks. He has a talk on um, men and passivity, which just completely destroyed me because I was like, oh, this is why I suck as a husband right now. Like this is a like he he has like a line that like your your wife shouldn't have to tell you to go do the dishes. Like you should be able to see the dishes need to be done. Just do them. And I was like, uh. Because I would constantly be like, if you need me to do something, just tell me. And I would just sit on the right. couch, like, just tell me what to do. And I would, I would not be a guy who, who, I would not be a man who stands up and gets like, all right, I'll be responsible for for the for the home as well. I'll be responsible for you and the kids. Like, I was just very passive. Like, you tell me what to do. And even in like a romantic life, like, oh yeah, you want to go to go on a date? Let me know. I'll take you on a date. Like, I would not set things up. I would not choose to go do things. I would not choose to go make you know to anything. I was super passive in so many aspects of my life. And I didn't realize that like because I was passive, like she like Monica hated that. She hated that I she she had married a passive man. And I was like, okay, this needs to change. And like those there's just so many different parts of me that needed to change and 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 God just took those it was like about a year and a half of being a stay home dad that he did that. And like that, that's what really shifted our marriage. Like there's a distinct shift from that to where we are now. Yeah. And then the work that God worked on me at this time was I was feeling so restless and feeling like I was drowning at home. Like there were so many responsibilities and, you know, I'm asking for so much and like nothing's happening, nothing's changing. And I'm capable of, you know, all these other things I have, you know, I'm a good teacher and I'm a good coach. And this is, you know, this is where I find a lot of affirmation. And so I was it was almost like a form of escapism. I was like, I just need to get out of here and go do the thing that like, I'm actually good at. I felt like I was failing at a mom constantly failing as a wife. Like no one was happy. 
So maybe I'm the problem and like, I need to get out of here and do the thing I know I'm good at. Um, and it was like in that, that like, yeah, I am, I am a good teacher, you know, and I, I don't mean to be this like prideful, but like, I, I, I was good at what I was doing. Um, but as these changes started happening in our family, there was more happening in, in my life as well, like interiorly and spiritually. And just like, as a mom and wife that like, I desired to nurture and care for my kids. And, and like, and I was seeing the things that I was taking for granted before or not seeing them mm. as important. And I was like, Oh, you know, this really does matter and things like that. And, and so my, 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 you know, and the thing that was so hard too was like, for me, I was shocked at how hard mothering and being a wife was because all I wanted my entire life was to be a stay at home mom. I was like, I'm going to get yeah. married and have kids early and I'm just going to be home and I'm going to bake cookies and it's going to be great. And everyone's going to be happy and they're going to be so cute and their little matching outfits. And we're going to, you know, march in, we're going to do crafts every day. It's going to be great. And like, and then it, ha it hit and it was like, wow, this is so hard. Like this is constant. Right. And so I think I felt like a failure because I was like, this was supposed to be so easy. This is what I wanted. This is what I prayed for all the mm -hmm. time. Now I have it and I'm blowing it. So let me get out of here and go back to work where I was doing a good job. So, um, so there was a lot of undoing hmm. on both yeah. ends. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. I think it's super interesting. So I've done, I mean, similar to you guys, like I like the nothing's off the table. I touch on some controversial topics. I have uh, made it quite a few people upset over the last three years of podcasting. I have my, I think I have a little bit more than my fair share of one star reviews on the podcast uh, because of well, that that's approach. The best when you get but, haters, you're like, oh yeah, uh, you're doing something. Yeah, I like to read those. Those are always fun. Um, yeah, they're definitely enjoyable. But one that I did, I kind of, I mentioned this in, you know, preparing was I did an episode on stay at home dads and just kind of diving into that entire topic and thought process and experience. And one thing that kind of molded my view of it is we went for a long time with, I was working from home and Emily was like going to the office. Now we did most of that while we were engaged and we weren't living together, but Emily came over for dinner basically every day because I lived like in our future apartment. And so a lot of half her stuff was there because she lived in a bedroom that didn't have a closet. <laughs> and so she literally <laughs> just had like a clothing rack and a room and a bed in the room. And then um, when we got married, she moved into the apartment and she continued to go to the office and I was working from home. And now we've swapped to where she works part-time from home and I go into the office and we just have like expressed how. And I don't think this is necessarily true for everyone, but for us, we just always felt so imbalanced and like out of whack when it was the opposite way. And so that really like, I think for me, just kind of formed some of my perspective as well on th just the kind of natural order of things. And again, I don't think that it's a natural order that necessarily has to apply to all people at all times. You know, I mm -hmm. think you guys give a great example of a season where you go through that. But I think one, th one thing that I take a lot of issue with, with Catholic content creators in general is feeling like we can't ever talk about the ideal for the sake of offending someone, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that we have a society and a church now that suffers from lack of ideals. We just, even what we talked about, right? At the beginning with marriage, like, what are we actually supposed to do? I remember listening to, yeah. I listened to one of your, your episodes on the, I forget the exact title, it was something about masking, we need a masculine theology. It's yeah. like, what are we, we talk about what we're not supposed to be or what we don't have to be, but it's like, what are we supposed to actually be? You know, and I mm -hmm. think that that's part of that. So all that to say, to bring it back to 
How do you describe, you know, obviously a lot of growth and things are happening. It sounds like beautiful work was happening at each one of you. How do you describe from your experience when uh, Renzo was at home, Monica's leave every day, go to work, like that balance versus now where you're at? And even if Renzo, I think, do you work from home still or do you go? Uh, I'm in the office. I'm in the office at least at least three days a week. Okay. Yeah. How is that? How was that difference? Do you notice anything different? Was it the same? Well, so one thing that was, so like spiritually, I think that I don't have the same amount of time as I used to. So like, that was just one thing that like, in terms of like a con, I was like, yeah, I used to be able to pray a lot more because I had more time in church and, and like, be, like, I know you guys, you can take the kids to mass. Granted, like at my job, I can't go to mass, so, <laughs> but that's, it wasn't always the case. Cause I like the current job that I'm working now. I, it's only about a year and a half. So like I was working somewhere else and like that was more secular and in healthcare, actually that was a disaster. Yeah, healthcare during the pandemic. The, during the, that during was that's that was, hype. The, the, yeah. We can save that yeah. for another. Yeah. Episode. That's a whole terrible. different season. You can yeah. Call us Goodness, back yeah. That. <laughs> um, but like, so the, the, but in terms, so there's, in terms of the ideal, like there's, there is, my soul was not made. And I don't think I was made to raise and nurture the children to the, I don't have the same capacity to do it that mm-hmm. Monica does. It's not that I can't. And like, I can definitely be tender with them. I can definitely be gentle. I can definitely pick out their clothes and feed them. Like I can do those things, but it, it's not as like an, it's not, it didn't come as naturally to me. So it, there was a lot of struggle with that. Yeah. It, it, the beautiful part of the struggle was that I realized like, wow, this is what Monica does every day. And I never yeah. appreciated her for it. That seems amazing to get like an 18 month, Oh, you man. know, switching it, yeah, roles. It was, it was everything. Because it, it it's so just, easy to assume the other person, you know, is half-assed yeah, at home yeah, or whatever. Yeah. 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 Like, and, and now actually, like, now I can appreciate it more when she does it. Like, I I forgot what we were doing. And you picked all the kids' clothes out. And I just think, I was like, thank you for making us being able to go out possible because you did all these things. Like, mm-hmm. before I would have not even acknowledged it and yeah. assumed it's going to get done. Um, And that, so there was, but like, there's definitely the reality that like, I just, I'm not as, so it's not that I'm not capable because I don't like to say like I can't do things like I could do things, but I but like it's just not naturally like the the like my ceiling is a lot lower than Monica's is for the ability to do some of these yeah. things for the children. Like there's just not a possibility I could do it. Whereas where so like I feel like that's the shift now is like I in the spurts that I am able like with the kids and I and I am responsible and I'm either you know maybe out of the house or something. I feel like I'm. I'm more capable for those shorter bursts. And I feel like our relationship is healthier because of that. Um, Cause I do feel like I struggled. I remember struggling with the kids because I'm like, they stopped listening to me as much. I remember saying mm-hmm. that to you. Mm-hmm. Cause like at, right now I have, you know, I have a dad voice. Like when I come in, like, Hey guys, knock it off, whatever we're doing. Yeah. And I remember saying to Monica, like they don't listen to me now. It like it, it lost its effect. Like no matter how stern I was, no matter how, you know, over, you know, whatever, trying to be a dad, like they, they got so, tone deaf to me they didn't really care anymore and this is like the oldest was was probably four but still like he didn't listen the same so like that that shifted too in the house um Mm -hmm. which is very subtle and you wouldn't really like unless you really think about it but like those little things it was just there was a dynamic shift between like what we are now to what we were then yeah um yeah and from my perspective i think watching you become more of an initiator was was so it it like it was like you finally were like figuring out how to tap into and live your masculinity because I am going to be active. I'm going to initiate. And I think that that's a little bit where like you're talking about like the dynamic of 
of stay at home parent, you know, work from home, you know, like the, who's, who's with the kids more and who's doing more of the work. Right. And like, like yeah. that kind of, and I think that there's something in the masculinity of the, of the, like the doing of, of, of that. And I think that that's again, like more natural for men. Again, not that women are incapable of it and that they can't tap into that. And that, you know, women are powerful and good at what they do. But I think that there's, again, there's something that is just like in masculinity that is to do, to do, and for the women to, to nurture and to like, um, like kind of be like more detail oriented and like, uh, other person centered of like the, the emotional needs and just more attuned to all those things. And again, it's not that men can't figure that out, but I think, um, women can like anticipate that a little bit differently. Um, and so for me, you know, one of the big challenges, um, being like working outside of the house and then coming home and then still like the switching of modes of like task, 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 achieve, check the box, check the boxes. And then you come home and you're like, you can have your to-do list in, at home with kids. And like, sometimes it gets done, sometimes it doesn't get done. Um, because they're, they're whole different humans that have these different needs and they don't care what you think needs to get done. Like they don't care what chores right. need to get yeah. done. Right. Like mm-hmm. they have their, they don't care about your hum- agenda for the day. Yeah. They have their, whole, <laughs> like they, they have their human person needs and you're like, yeah, you're right. Like your need for play and your need for tenderness and your, that trumps the dishes and the laundry, but also you do need to eat. And, and there's this wrestling of like, but those things do need to get done too. Right. So it felt like yeah. a lot to take care of. Like it felt like a lot to take care of, to be good professionally and then to come home and be good at momming. And like that, that switch was, was difficult. Um, mm-hmm. And I, you know, and that's, I think go it's ahead. funny. Cause you, you, sorry, you mentioned the, um, like the desire to go to do, um, I first started like, what is now the to become family site? Like I started blogging at like, I think six months in, because like, there still was this thing in me, like I wanting to go do something to create something like there's, yeah. And, and, and so, yeah, so that, that became the outlet that is now like now the, the apostolate, but like the beginnings of it was then because yeah, yeah, like there's just, there's, there's, and I would do that instead of finishing the laundry. Like (laughs) I would just leave it until Monica. I was like, actually she gets home, but we'll finish it then. Like, so there was (laughs) as much as like, it was still, it was my role to like, Oh, take care of the things at home. Like there was still this desire to like, but I want to go do these other things. Yeah. Um, And there's some women who have that desire too, but I think almost all, if not all men would have that desire, mm -hmm. you know, if they were home all day to like want to do things that are out there. So that or go build something in the garage in the backyard. Like there's (laughs) just, Oh, Goodness, I, yeah. Yeah, I did this. I did that you gotta produce something <laughs> that you can see at the end of the day. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's super helpful. Yeah. And I do, I do, I, I wholeheartedly, um, like sympathize and empathize with women who feel restless in the home. Cause like, it, cause like you said, at the end of the day, you're like, what did you produce? A, a crying baby, you know, or like, like a, Kept a the toddler, kids alive. Yeah. yeah, a toddler with a fever and like you're, your work, anybody's work in the home is the long game. Like you're not going to see, you're not going to see the results unless you like look back three or four years and you're like, Oh wow, they have grown emotionally, you know, like and maturity and stuff. Or yeah. like when they're adults and out of the house and you're like, what's the fruit of their life now? Like, and you played a part of that. Um, so it, it's, you know, there, there is, there is that restlessness in everyone when you, 
when your life shifts, right? Because because for, for a lot of women too, like you go from this is the typical, right? Like we're we're painting broad strokes here, but like you go to high school and then you go to college and then you have a job and then you get married and you're still working and then you have a baby and you either like stop working or you kind of try to do both for a little while because of finances or I want to try to manage both or whatever. But there there's a big shift for that. And so it's okay for that to be difficult, right? Like it's, I guess it's just like, like acknowledge that like, it's a big transition. It's a big transition. What you were doing and what you're doing now is very different. And so I think sometimes we want that to, that transition to be more natural and easy where you're like, this is your vocation. Like God did not say any of our vocations is supposed to be comfortable and easy Mm. and natural, like natural in the sense of like every, you know, you've got it all figured out. Like, no, this is where the figuring out happens <laughs> is yeah. like, is like mm-hmm. in this vocation. So, mm-hmm. um, and also like yeah, you so- didn't like motherhood isn't elevated at all. Like during the high school, college, yeah. like work, like it's not seen as like a thing. Absolutely. It's talked about as a thing that like that's, that's beneficial that's- or, or there's no accolades for it. You're not going to get like recognized at a place, hopefully at like one I would have laughed weddings. at myself if I was like, yeah, you know, 11 years into marriage and like I have chickens in the backyard and we just <laughs> picked up another kitten and I'm homeschooling. Like what, what woman goes to school to become a teacher to like homeschool their kids? Like, no, you believed in this certain thing, you know? And yeah, like God surprises you when you say like God, here's my life. He's like, Oh, buckle up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think, and it's so interesting because there's so much, I think hesitation to just admit, and this is especially is true in the world, but I think just generally speaking, people have hesitation to admit that there are certain things that a man can do that a woman can't and things that a woman can do that a man can't, you know? And I think it's so crazy how like, I saw this, it was kind of like a funny comedian. It was like a stand up, you know, bit of a reel. And he was talking about how he was like, women, you can do the most badass thing that humans can do. You can grow a human inside of you yeah. and really push an entire person out of your body. He was like, so why, like, we can't have like one thing that only men can do. Like you guys get the <laughs> coolest thing in the world and like everything we could do, you have to do it too, you know? And it was just kind of a funny take on this, this reality that I think so many people are not willing to just state the fact that men and women are different. And I think I get, yeah, I think things get heated, but this kind of goes into the topic we wanted to talk about in Ephesians 5. All right, everyone, that's going to be it for today. Thank you so much for listening to Seeking Excellence. Again, I encourage you to subscribe to our YouTube channel where you can find more video content. And of course, invite you to join us on Locals. You can find us there at seekingexcellence.locals.com. We have a goal of getting to 50 supporters by the end of the year. So we need about 20 more. Really excited for that. I'm super pumped for book club coming up. And I think in the next week or so, I'll publicly announce what book we'll be doing. But I don't want to share that because I want it to be a surprise for the supporters who are getting their free books and mugs and T-shirts all coming very, very soon. So if you're a supporter, shout out to you. Thank you so much for making this possible. I'm grateful for you and praying for you. And thank you all for listening and supporting in your own way. If you've left us a review um, or subscribed on all our channels, it means a lot. I'm very grateful for you. God bless you. Continue to fight hard and be your best.